Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Tonight, President Biden takes emergency action to calm fears following the collapse of two U.S. banks. What's being done? Also, the Nor'easter set to slam the Northeast, dangerous winds, heavy rain and snow. First tonight, the president coming before the cameras to ease concerns after federal regulators take control of those two U.S. banks. Are other banks safe and who's paying for this? Rebecca Jarvis live on Wall Street. Also this Monday night, we're tracking two major storms on both sides of the country. The powerful nor'easter, those dangerous winds, heavy rain, difficult driving along the I-95 corridor expected. Philadelphia up through New York and Boston and up to two feet of snow in some parts. New York already declaring a state of emergency tonight. And a new atmospheric river slamming California, a levee break forcing thousands to evacuate tonight. Water rescues underway. Ginger Z here in New York, Rob Marciano in California, both tracking it all. In New York City, just in tonight, the convicted terrorist who drove that Home Depot truck into several bicyclists and pedestrians killing them has just learned his fate. Also, news just coming in involving the Republican leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, after his fall, leaving the hospital but not going home. Mary Bruce is live. The criminal investigation involving former President Trump, the grand jury here in New York, hearing from a key witness today from Trump's one-time confidant, lawyer and fixer, and tonight Trump on whether he'll testify. Aaron Katursky reporting. The scare on board a United flight taking off from Newark, what was found in a bathroom, and the airport where it was landing temporarily closed to air traffic. A third concert canceled for Bruce Springsteen, what they're saying tonight. Also news coming in this evening, two rockets landing at a U.S. base. Also news on men and prostate cancer, the new guidance tonight. And history made at the Oscars, the Michelle Yeoh moment tonight here, what you didn't see, her mother. And Jamie Lee Curtis and the images of her own parents, once nominated too, after her moving acceptance. From ABC News World Headquarters in New York, this is World News Tonight with David Muir. Good evening, and it's great to have you with us here for another week. And we are tracking that nor'easter set to hit the northeast. Dangerous winds up to 65 miles per hour, heavy rain and snow. Ginger Z is here. But we do begin tonight with the collapse of those two U.S. banks. President Biden taking emergency action to try to calm the fears amid key questions tonight. How safe are other banks and who's paying for this? President Biden speaking just before the stock markets open today, trying to reassure Americans that the banking system is safe and saying customers at both banks will have access to their accounts. The president at the same time insisting this is not a bank bailout. Federal regulators taking control of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank customers lining up today to withdraw their money. Many regional banks posting losses on the market today. First Republic stock dropping more than 61 percent. Several banks forced to temporarily halt trading. President Biden insisting no taxpayer money will go toward addressing this, saying, quote, the money will come from the fees that the bank pay to the deposit insurance fund. And he said there would be accountability for the leaders of these banks. Our chief business correspondent, Rebecca Jarvis, leading us off tonight from Wall Street. 
Today, bank customers from Boston to New York to California swarming Silicon Valley bank branches after a frantic weekend. We have to meet payroll this afternoon, so that's why I'm here. Federal regulators granting them access to their accounts. You can take all your money. It comes after the government seized the assets of two failing banks during a dizzying 72 hours. President Biden today trying to reassure the American people. Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. The Treasury, FDIC and Federal Reserve taking emergency steps to guarantee all deposits in Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank are paid back in full. Even those deposits over the federally insured amount of $250,000. All of it, the president says, will be paid for by the banks. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. We're not bailing out banks. We're actually rescuing depositors in banks that made some bad decisions over the course of the last year or so. Today's move is a lifeline for SVB customers like Tiffany Dufu, who was panicking over the weekend. Yes, I am in an airport bathroom at 6.30 a.m. crying. The founder of a career coaching startup and mother of two had to tap personal savings to pay her 10 employees. It was already intense trying to figure out how you're going to send your kids to college. Tonight, even after those emergency actions, Tiffany tells us she'll feel safer as soon as she moves her money to a bigger bank. I will be so relieved when our money is back in that Bank of America account, and I think that's who I'll be sticking with. The government hopes today's emergency steps will boost confidence in the financial system and prevent a run on smaller banks. Banks like First Republic, which scrambled to reassure its customers it was stable, announcing the bank received additional funding. But that didn't stop some from withdrawing money today. I need to pull my money out, unfortunately. I love First Republic, don't want to, but nevertheless, it's scary. Small banks don't face the same stress test that big banks do, even though some, like SVB, have ballooned in size, more than quadrupling in four years from $49 billion to more than $200 billion last year. So let's get right to Rebecca Jarvis live on Wall Street tonight. Rebecca, you reported there it's not the taxpayers, but instead the FDIC that'll be uh, covering the cost of these deposits. And that's funded solely by the banks. But uh, two other questions for you tonight. Uh, what about these reports that some bank employees uh, got bonuses right before all this happened? Will the government try to recover any of that? And then bigger picture here, a lot of talk about deregulation that happened involving many of these regional banks in recent years. Well, David, there are certainly calls for clawbacks tonight. Senator Elizabeth Warren and others today saying if we're going to deter this kind of mismanagement in the future, then bank executives need to be held accountable. Meantime, the White House tonight pushing for greater regulations on smaller banks. These are regulations that were rolled back in 2018 by Congress during the Trump administration. David. Rebecca Jarvis leading us off tonight. Rebecca, still many questions on this. We'll be looking forward to your reporting all week long. Thank you. In the meantime, now to the other news. This Monday night, we're tracking two major storms on both sides of the country at this hour. The Nor'easter is set to hit the I-95 corridor here in the east. 20 states on alert for heavy snow, a flooding rain and high winds. In fact, up to two feet of snow in parts of the northeast expected. Those dangerous winds gusts up to 65 miles per hour expected. 
Difficult driving from Philadelphia to New York to Boston, New York tonight already declaring a state of emergency. And in the West, a new atmospheric river slamming California. The worst of this expected tomorrow, but already tonight, a levee breach forcing evacuations, causing heavy flooding in Monterey County. Let's get right to Chief Meteorologist Ginger Z tracking the nor'easter first tonight. Hi, Ginger. Hi there, David. This rain is the start of that nor'easter, and it will intensify overnight and then eventually change to snow. But the longer you sit with the rain, the less in the way of snow you're going to get. Let's go break it down on the maps for you. The high winds are going to be felt by everyone, and I'd say gusts from 30, kind of on the southern end, up to, say, close to 70 at the Cape. Boston, under a high wind warning for gusts up to 65. The timing goes like this. Overnight tonight, it is mostly rain at the coast through Long Island, much of Connecticut, Rhode Island, and look at even Boston. Austin tomorrow, 7 a.m., still in heavy rain. But Berkshire's over to Albany, that kind of circle is where we're going to anticipate some of the highest snow totals. Green and White Mountains will pick up a lot of this. By 7 p.m. tomorrow night, it's still snowing in interior New England. So this is a big one for Albany to the north with a foot plus. I'd say New York City would be lucky to add up you know, a quarter of an inch or so. But even for this season, that'd be big, David. Ginger Z tonight. Ginger, thank you. And I mentioned there a moment ago this new atmospheric river pushing into California yet again. News on that levee break causing flooding already in those evacuations tonight. And now a flood watch in effect until at least Wednesday in parts of California. Senior meteorologist Rob Marciano on that part of the story tonight. Tonight, communities inundated, levees breaching, and yet another atmospheric river set to strike Northern California one that the National Weather Service calls a direct threat to life and property. In Monterey County, heavy rain swelling the Pajaro River, parts of its levee giving way around midnight Saturday morning. In Pajaro, search and rescue teams checking on submerged vehicles by boat. Numerous people were rescued that were standing on the roofs of their cars and trapped in the water because the water was moving so high and fast. That hole in the levee, now a football field wide. Finally, a dry day here in Monterey County where the Pajaro River burst its banks over the weekend. The water has come down some, but we've got more rain coming in tonight. An hour to the south, this man stranded after the Salinas River swept him and his vehicle away. The highway patrol hoisting him to safety. Outside Pajaro, families desperate to get back to their homes. Maria Alvarez telling me she needs her husband's medication. Officials say it could be weeks before forced out families can safely return. <clears throat> True scrambling today to shore up that levee breach before the next storm comes in. That's just hours away. Here it is already on the radar. We're looking at Eureka to, Cal to Oregon. That'll slide into San Francisco right around midnight, then increase in intensity during the overnight hours and through central California, one to two inches per hour in the saturated ground. That will take down some trees because we'll have 60, 70 mile an hour winds as well. And then sliding into Los Angeles uh, late in the day. This is a mostly rain event. This much more water over this already saturated state will be a challenge to say the least. Yeah, David can't be good. Our meteorologists on both sides of the country tonight. Rob, thank you. In New York City tonight, the news just in this evening, the convicted terrorist who drove that Home Depot truck into several bicyclists and pedestrians, killing eight people, has just learned his fate. Here's Stephanie Ramos. Convicted terrorist Saifolo Saipov will spend the rest of his life in prison for running down and killing eight in the deadliest terror attack in New York City since 9-11. Saipov, driving this Home Depot truck, plowed down a bike path in the name of ISIS along the city's west side on Halloween 2017. We got multiple casualties. This is a mass casualty situation here. Prosecutors arguing for the death penalty, calling Saipov a proud terrorist who was unremorseful in the slaughter of innocent civilians. 
and saying if police hadn't taken him down after he collided with a school bus, he would have tried to kill as many people as he could. Saipov confessing he hoped to continue his rampage on the Brooklyn Bridge, but the jury unable to reach a unanimous decision to sentence him to death, automatically resulting in the 35-year-old Uzbek native's life sentence. David, this case has received a lot of attention. The last time someone got the death penalty here in the state of New York was 60 years ago. Now, Saipov will spend at least 22 hours of the day in a cell alone at a federal supermax prison without the possibility of release. David. All right, Stephanie Ramos tonight. Thank you, Steph. There's also late word coming in tonight involving the Republican leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, after his fall. Now, leaving the hospital but not going home. So let's get right to Mary Bruce live in Washington. Mary, Leader McConnell now heading to an inpatient rehab facility. David, we are told that his recovery from this concussion is proceeding well. And tonight we've learned that he also suffered from a minor rib fracture that was actually just discovered over the weekend. He has now been discharged from the hospital and will receive treatment, physical therapy at an inpatient facility. His office tonight is stressing that it is common to undergo physical therapy to regain, regain strength after a hospital stay. They say it could last one to two weeks. So needless to say, David, the 81-year-old is not expected to return to the office this week. David. Mary Bruce tonight. Thank you, Mary. Now to the criminal investigation involving former President Trump, the grand jury here in New York hearing from a key witness today. And tonight, Trump on whether he'll testify. Here's Aaron Katursky. Tonight, a criminal investigation into former President Trump is nearing a conclusion. The prosecution's star witness, Trump's former lawyer and chief fixer, Michael Cohen, testifying for three hours today before a Manhattan grand jury. Is this a triumphant day? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't call it that. Stormy the grand jury hearing evidence about Trump's hush payment to porn actress Stormy Daniels. Stormy! Cohen wrote the $130,000 check a month before the 2016 election and says the money violated campaign finance laws. This is all about accountability. He needs to be held accountable for his dirty deeds. But on GMA, his attorney insisting Trump paid off the porn actress purely to protect his family. He made this with personal funds to prevent something coming out false but embarrassing to himself, his family's young son. Prosecutors are considering whether Trump falsified business records by allegedly disguising the hush money as a routine legal expense. Trump is in Iowa, his first time there since announcing he's running for president again. He's made clear even if he's indicted, he's not dropping out. So you'll stay uh, in the race? Uh, oh, absolutely. I wouldn't yeah. even think about leaving. Trump has been invited to tell his side of the story to the grand jury, but his attorney told us, David, he is not going to accept. David. Aaron Katursky, live in New York. Thank you, Aaron. Now to President Biden's move to approve a drilling project in Alaska, drawing criticism tonight, approving a controversial plan to allow a new $8 billion oil drilling project. Here's Matt Guppin tonight. Tonight, the Biden administration under fire after approving a controversial oil drilling project in Alaska. The Willow Project will include three drill sites with nearly 200 wells in Alaska's National Petroleum Reserve. The 23 million acre reserve was the largest undisturbed plot of public land in the United States. Two other drill sites were proposed for the $8 billion project, but were denied. Project developer Conoco Phillips stating that Willow is expected to generate 
billions of dollars for federal, state, and local governments. At its peak, it's estimated it'll produce 180,000 barrels of oil per day. They say decreasing American dependence on foreign energy and will add over 2,500 jobs during construction and 300 long-term jobs. Environmentalists accusing President Biden of reneging on his campaign promise. No more drilling on federal lands, period, 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 period. Over the next three decades, the project could produce nearly 240 million metric tons of net carbon dioxide. That's equivalent to more than 51 million gasoline-powered cars driven for a year. The oil and gas won't come online for six to ten years. So that time period is one in which we need to be phasing down our use of fossil fuels, not increasing them. David, the Biden administration says this is a compromise agreement. On the one hand, it limits future drilling. On the other, they say if they had rejected this deal, it likely would have just been overturned in court anyway. David. All right, Matt Guppin tonight. Thank you, Matt. And overseas this evening, we're learning about a rocket attack targeting a U.S. base in northeastern Syria. Military officials say two rockets landed inside Green Village. No injuries and no damage reported as of yet. There are no claims of responsibility so far. When we come back tonight, the scare on board a United flight from Newark, what was found in the bathroom, and news tonight involving men in prostate cancer and the possible change in guidance in a moment. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. Tonight here we're learning more about that scare on board a United flight from Newark to Burlington, Vermont, just before landing Sunday with 65 passengers. A note was found in the bathroom warning of a bomb on board. The plane was ordered to park away from the terminal and it was searched. The airport closed to air traffic. No explosives were found. When we come back here tonight, that news involving Bruce Springsteen. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. News tonight for men diagnosed with non-aggressive prostate cancer. A new study finds those with low or intermediate grade tumors may be able to forego surgery or radiation and instead opt for regular monitoring. Those men who chose monitoring fared about as well as those who had more invasive treatment. 
The best advice, of course, comes from your own doctor. And Bruce Springsteen canceling a third concert now in a week, citing illness, though it's not clear if it's the boss or a member of his band. Uh, this latest concert was scheduled for tomorrow night in Albany, New York. We wish them a speedy recovery. When we come back, the Oscars and the winners and the history revealed last night. So we dug it, some images out of the archives. ABC World News Tonight with David Muir, sponsored by Pacific Life, creating financial security for more than 150 years. Finally tonight, the Oscars and never giving up. It was a theme we heard over and over again. Never give up. Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh winning Best Actress for Everything Everywhere All at Once, becoming the first Asian woman ever to win an Oscar for Best Actress. For all the little boys and girls who look like me watching tonight, <laughs> this is a beacon of hope and possibilities. Thanking her mother watching in Malaysia. I have to dedicate this to my mom, all the moms in the world, because they are really the superheroes. And this was her mother watching. 84-year-old Janet Yeo saying, I so love my daughter, and she has made Malaysia proud. And it was Kiwi Kwan winning for Best Supporting Actor for Everything Everywhere All at Once. My journey started on a boat. I spent a year in a refugee camp. And somehow, I ended up here on Hollywood's biggest stage. I cannot believe it's happening to me. This, this is the American dream. It was a wait for him, too. Winning the Oscar nearly 40 years after his acting debut. At 12 years old, he was in Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford. Jamie Lee Curtis! Jamie Lee Curtis winning for Best Supporting Actress in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Remembering her parents, actor Tony Curtis, nominated for an Oscar in 1959. Her mother, Janet Lee, nominated in 1961. But it was their daughter who would win. My mother and my father were both nominated for Oscars in different categories. I just won an Oscar. Brendan Fraser. And for Best Actor, another lesson in never giving up. Brendan Fraser winning Best Actor in The Whale. I um, started in this business 30 years ago, and things, they didn't come easily to me, but there, there was a facility that I didn't, uh, I didn't appreciate at the time until it stopped. And I just want to say thank you for this acknowledgement. And it was Michelle Yeoh who said, don't ever let age stop you. Ladies, don't let anybody tell you you are ever past your prime. Never give up. History made and a powerful lesson indeed. I'll see you right back here tomorrow night. Good night. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. 
where did that wisdom come from? And does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts.